Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast. And today we are studying the prophet Habakkuk, the Navi Habakkuk, chapter 2, Parak Bays, B, the second portion of that chapter. In the first part, um, we started with Habakkuk demanding of God an answer. And the answer that he, the question that he wanted to know was how God can you allow indiscriminate punishment of, of, of the good people and the bad people, the righteous and the not so righteous, all being destroyed together. Why do evil people prosper? Why do, so this, this was the, the ultimate question of the Odyssey, the question that uh, we've been dealing with, anyone uh, religious has been dealing with for from time immemorial. And God insisted and told him that that the, that one day, one day, there will be a vision, there will be a time when this question will be answered. However, that time even may take a long time until it comes, and a righteous person will have to have faith in ultimate justice. This was God's answer, but then he went ahead and started giving little partial answers that sometimes justice does come even in front of our eyes. However, it's just not so apparent, and we have to look a little harder. And the first example which we studied in the first part was that of the, the, the vicious, uh, despotic uh, dictator, the one who plunders other nations and causes, causes other nations to suffer, the conqueror. And, and so while he appears to be prospering, there is some justice in the fact that when he goes out, he creates so much hatred towards himself, so much ill will, that at some point, the, the conquered nations will rise up and rebel, and he will end up um, uh, paying for his crimes. Again, this is a partial answer. God did start off by saying, I'm not going to give you the whole answer, because this doesn't always happen. And what about while he's plundering? Why are innocent people being allowed to suffer and so on? So it's not a whole answer. But to some degree, there is justice built into the system. God is going to continue his, his little bitty answers, partial answers to Chavakuk in the second half with other examples. The example of the vicious, uh, uh, ruthless conqueror was the first one, but now we're going to go on to a different type of injustice. The, the person who acquires wealth for his family However, and justifies it to himself that I'm trying to help my family, I want them to have a nice house, I want them to be safe and secure and so on. But he acquires his wealth in, in um, either illicit or immoral or, or dishonest or, or ways or ways that might be technically okay but not 100% kosher. Um, the, but justifies it to himself by thinking to himself that he's trying to help his family. There is some built-in justice there as well, even though we see that he prospers despite being a, not such a nice person. But let's see what God says in verse 9. Hoi, woe is to botsea betza roleveso, the one who accumulates profits for himself in a bad way for his family, for his home. Now, ra is a very generic term for evil, which we don't see that often. We see a lot of terms. We see shod, we see hamas, we see 
uh, you know, tons and tons of terms. We see oven and ovel, but ra, which is just literally bad, is a very generic term for just overall bad stuff. So the person who just accumulates wealth in just a bad way, it may not necessarily even be illegal, or it could be, but it's just bad. Why does he do this? He does this because he wants to, so to speak, put his nest high up. It's a metaphor like a bird wants to put his nest really high so that it's protected. He wants to go ahead and build his house, his family fortune. In order to escape evil for himself. He thinks that by acquiring this wealth, he will somehow have the ability to escape evil. So he acquires it in a bad way, and that's how he justifies it to himself. God says in, 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 this, in verse 10, your ideas were, your Eitzah, your ideas were to, 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 um, to acquire, uh, um, acquire um, I mean, your ideas ended up acquiring embarrassment for your home. Kitsos amim rabim. What happened here is that this word kitsos is translated by the prophets in many ways. Personally, I believe that this the word is coming from the same root as the word like we, for example, we find in Genesis twenty six forty six, where where um, uh, uh, Rebecca says, "Katsti b'chayai, my life is disgusted. Katsti, I just feel ashamed. I feel disgusted. I feel." Yucky, I know it's not. I just feel bad. Kitsos amim rabim, because you have acted in this way, what naturally happens, just like before with the con- the vicious conqueror, what naturally happens is he sows hate among the peoples that he conquers. A person who achieves his wealth in this way, in a in a in an immoral, unethical way, that person makes is bringing boshas. He's bringing shame to his house. Kitsos amim rabim. He's bringing upon himself the, the hatred and the yuck, the, the disgusting feeling of the nations towards him. And your soul becomes like it's sinning. Your, your soul is, is, is corrupted. Because the stones of your walls of your house are crying out. You built this big, beautiful home, but you built it dishonestly. You built it in a yuck, in a, in a sickening way, in a not nice way. The stones themselves are crying out to you. The chafis me'enya anena, and just like the um, I'm sorry, the chafis me'etz ya anena, and 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 the um, and the the woodwork itself is 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 saying bad things to you. So the, this is talking about the type of, of of guilt that plagues a person who builds his wealth this way. His yes, it looks like from the surface that he is that he is successful and prosperous. But every day he has to look at his home and think about what he did in order to get this wealth. Every day he has to go to sleep uh, uh, with a sickening feeling of how he got there. Now obviously, this is not a total answer to the question because there are so many people that, that illicitly gain things and don't have any guilt and don't suffer this way. Remember, what God's saying here is, I'm giving you little partial answers. Sometimes the dictator will meet his end justly because the people that he conquered before will rebel and overthrow him. Some, some people will gain wealth in, a, in, a, in an awful way and suffer from this guilt. 
So there is some justice built in the system, but ultimately the real, real answer you're not going to know until old Chazon one day, one day in the future. And then God continues with another type, another type of built-in justice that happens. Here's God continuing with these partial answers. Woe is those of you that built a... I want to point out here that the classic commentaries look at all of these verses and try to translate who they're talking about and generally it's understood to be referring to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon and so on. I really believe that although that there's certainly some truth to that but but the point here is is, 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 is much, 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 much deeper. It's not specifically talking about a specific person and a specific event in history. These are lessons that Chavakuk, the prophet, and well, God through his prophet is trying to teach us that are timeless, that matter to us every single day, every place in the world, every human being can learn from this. So, Bona'ir bidomim v'chonin kiryo means here in verse 12. Woe is to the one who builds a city with domim. Domim literally means blood. But we've seen so many times, those that have been continuing with this, with this um, podcast have seen it so many times in Isaiah and in Amos and in many cases, when they talk about a city full of blood, they mean a city where there is no justice, where the justice system is corrupt, where the rich oppress the poor, where the powerful oppress the weak. And, and establishing a kirya, a capital, or Kiryat Kamina capital just means a large city, but Avla with 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 um with falseness, with 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 lies, with with corruption. So so first he talked about a vicious conqueror. Then he talked about a person who builds his own family fortune and home with in, in a in a in a dishonest way. Now we're talking about a city that's that's built upon corruption. A city meaning a society that's built on corruption. Woe to those people because then when it's corrupt, there is the, the system cannot fix itself. The only way for it to fix itself is for people to recognize God and recognize morality. And when I say God, I mean specifically the moral aspects. When people recognize the importance of establishing a society properly, which is why in verse 13 it begins as follows, Halo Then, the, the type of justice, the only way to fix it, it has to come from God. Because otherwise, v'yig'u amin b'de'esh. Nations, the, peop- the nations that are built this way, all of their efforts will just be burnt up in fire. Which means here that, that um, v'ulu'umim b'de'riki afu. And nations and countries will simply their efforts will be for naught. Their efforts will be nothing. They'll just be exhausted. So no matter how much they try, what's going to end up is they're going to, they can't fix it. The only way to fix it, you can't fix a system if the system itself is corrupt. The only way to fix it is to understand morality, is to understand ethics, which come from a belief in a God that, that, that teaches morality and ethics. Keep, that's why the next verse says, Ki when will this be fixed? Only when the land fills Lodas as Kivod Adonai to know and understand the honor of God, Kamai Michasuayam, as water covers the sea. When un, when when morality and justice and ethics and belief in God, who is the source of those, 
covers the entire world, that's the only way to fix a system that is corrupt. A system that is corrupt, when, 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 which is a system of justice which is supposed to enforce the good, and, and when it does the opposite, the only way to fix it is that way. And then God continues. So, so, now, so after dealing with those three types of corruption, the corruption of an oppressive uh, uh, conqueror, the corruption of, of, a, of a dishonest person who builds his family, wealth and home in a dishonest way, and the corruption that's built into the system, now he talks about a different type of corruption within which there is also some justice built in, but not enough to answer Chavakuk's question. And this is verse 15. This is one who who um who literally this means he gives drink to his friend and the, this next verse misapeach hamoscha it it's i believe in many of the commentaries and many of the translators very much mistranslate these words what what the the the, the here means hamas means a a a a jug like we see um in Genesis 21, 14, we see the verse that says, I was talking over there, the story of Ishmael, he had a chemat mayim. He had, so the word chamat here, ches, mem, taf, means a, a, a jug of, of, of a liquid. And misapeach, those words, lisapeach, comes from the word to pour. As we see in, in Job, in, in Eo, 14, 19, to, to uh, the, the things that are being poured, the torrents is how it's translated over there, pour. So what it means here is misapeach ha-moscha, you pour your, your, your out, your jugs of wine, v'af shaker, and you even in, get people intoxicated. Why? Leman habit al ma'orehem, in order to see their, their, their shame and their nakedness. What this is literally referring to is, is this is actually... Uh, is literally referring to sexual exploitation. One who gives his friend to drink, one who makes them drunk in order to be able to exploit them. This also refers to any kind of exploitation which happens when someone get, offers someone, pretends to be giving them something, giving them benefit, but the purpose of it is much more sinister. The purpose is only to exploit them. The, the the, the most powerful example which Habakkuk the prophet is using is the example of one who gives a person to drink in order to sexually exploit them. Now, but so the, 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 but the image of, 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 of other things such as, you know, offering someone, you know, like we see nowadays with human traffickers, people that offer, um, offer something, but the purpose of it is only to exploit them. Such a person so uh, that's that's verse 15 such a person if we look now to verse 16 sovata kolon mikavod you have decided right you have satisfied yourself with the shame shaming others rather than giving them the honor that they deserve sovata you have satisfied yourself kolon with shame mikavod rather than with honor shesei gam you will also drink the hey arel, and you will become poisoned. This word hey arel is from the language of kosatar a cup of poison. You gave them to drink, you will also drink, and you will become poisoned. 
Tisov Alecha Kos Yimin Adonai, what poison will you get? You, what's going to turn against you is the cup of the right hand of God Himself is going to turn against you. Viki Kalon Al and the honor that you thought you gained for yourself by shaming and embarrassing and 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 trampling on others, you thought you were honored. In the end, it will turn into shame yourself. There are so many times when people live a life like this of taking advantage of others. And at some point, it comes about where at some point, it all crashes down. When everyone realizes that that faith that he showed to the public of being someone that was so generous and helping others, people realized that it was the opposite, that he was just trying to take advantage. At that point, that person becomes ashamed, that person falls from honor. This is another built-in type of justice, which again is a partial answer, which sometimes happens, but doesn't happen all the time. So all of these are examples, are little tiny bits of examples, where God says, no, justice does come, but it just may not be so obvious. And therefore, when we turn to verse 17, we see, this is kind of a, a catch of all of the examples we just said before. The, the oppression of Lebanon will come and cover you up. The oppression of Lebanon, that's a reference to the oppression of the, the oppressive conqueror, the one who goes and destroys and subdues other nations. One day that will come back and cover you. And not only that, the the, the way you took advantage of, 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 of animals, the way you destroyed animals, you destroyed people's properties, one day that will crush you. Midme Adam, and why will you be crushed because of all of the people that you made suffer? Dme Adam, this is talking about the unjust society. We talked that uh, a, a city built on Domim, the Hamas Eretz, and the oppression against the land. Kirya in the city of Yoshiva and that of all of the residents of the city, all of the inhabitants that were involved in these this types of corruption, the Kol Yoshveba, the type of corruption that was all-encompassing, all of this Yechaseka will one day come back to cover you. All, all of this corruption one day does come around. It comes around to get you. Again, I'm going to emphasize though that this is these little partial answers that God's giving Chavakok. It's not a total answer because we still have questions. It doesn't make sense that they should have been allowed to make people oppressed in the first place, that all the suffering should have had. And sometimes we don't necessarily even see this. But God is giving us little hints. Look around you and you'll see there is justice happening here, there's justice happening there. But those are just little sparks, little glimpses. The day that it's going to be when everything covers the whole world, that is something that is something down in the future. Let's move on to verse 19. But before I read verse 19, I would like to uh, remind you. Um, I'm sorry, verse 18. Uh, repeatedly in the prophets, we find a connection between corruption and idol worship. Now, one on the surface would wonder, what's the connection between the two? Idol worship is an ideological error. It's an error, a belief that this is a god, that is a god, this other thing is a god, whether it's the sun, the moon, an idol sitting in front of me, whatever it is, a tree, all right? Whereas, whereas um, the, um, the, the, the worship of, uh, whereas corruption is corruption, it's two different things. But the point is, is that the prophets always connect the two because 
what is uh, the problem with idol worship that that they had is generally not that much of a theological problem a monotheism versus polytheism debate that's not the issue the issue is is that when one worships idols what one is doing is we're basically worshiping themselves the idols that they discuss all the time are creation of your own hand i made something i have power and therefore i believe in my own power or it could be wealth this is silver this is gold I have, I have faith in my wealth. Or it is in power. I have power over others. I have faith in my power. These are the idols that the prophets speak against. And therefore, immediately Chavakuk goes after talking to us about these types of corruption and these types of issues. And how only faith in God, Sadiq it's only faith in the ultimate justice of the world that allows one to live a just and moral life no matter what because he has faith that there is justice even though he doesn't see it, this is the only way. But when one starts to believe in all kinds of other things, one gets completely lost in corruption. And therefore, he immediately starts to, to, to discuss that. Maho'il pesel, what does this, this image help you? This image was created by its creator. In other words, this her human being made this image. This is a person. This is just a form. This is something that teaches falsehood. This is false. This is not true. This has no power. This is nothing. Right? That the person who created it itself should have faith in it. The things that we create on our own, the things that we do on our own, are not the things that protect us. It's God that protects us. When we have faith in ourselves, that is arrogance. That leads to arrogance. We take credit for ourselves. We think that we're the powerful ones, and that leads to corruption. Lasos elilim ilmim. What they're do, what we're doing then is we're creating these gods that are ilmim dumb. They are not able to speak. They're not able to do anything. They're useless. They're meaningless. Then you end up saying to this piece of wood, wake up, wood, wake up. Uri They say, get up and arouse yourself. And they say that to a stone that's just a dead stone. Um, can that stone give a speech? Can it teach? Yore means to teach. Can it do Torah? Can it teach us things? Can it teach us morals? These things cannot teach us morals. Behold, it is, might be full of gold and silver, so it is wealth, and you think that wealth is going to do anything. However, there is no spirit in there. There is no power in wealth. Those things cannot ultimately provide yoreh. They cannot provide teachings. They cannot provide morals. Those things lead to arrogance. However, God in His holy abode has kolaretz. The world is silent. The entire world is silent in front of him. What does this mean? Why silence? Why silence? Why not praise? We praise God. We sing to God. We worship God. But no, has mipanov. The point that Chavakuk is teaching in this chapter is the silence before God. The acceptance. The tzaddik be'emunatoyichya. A righteous person lives based on his faith because he understands that I have to accept God's judgment because there is justice even though I don't know it. I don't understand it. I believe it's unjust. It looks unjust. It feels unjust. And, and maybe it is unjust when it's perpetrated by other human beings. But somehow I still need to take the situation that I'm in, accept it, has in silence, and believe in God and and then live and then move forward. This is the message of the second chapter of Chavakuk. I hope you and um, absorb this 
deeply in the same way that it affected me in my heart when studying this chapter. I know that my reading's quite different from most of the, uh, the classical commentaries. Um, I, I urge you to study those as well to see how they interpreted it. And I wish you a, a wonderful day and looking forward to studying chapter 3 of Habakkuk together.